You see, here's the deal. When you go into your kitchen, you have appliances there. You have a refrigerator, a toaster, and all kinds of things. And you know that you need to plug that appliance into the wall. Because if you don't, it's not turning on. Because that power is going to your power company. And that power company needs to supply good, clean power to your appliance so it can do everything it was designed to do. Now, if I unplug that appliance and I'm like, you know what, I have a better idea. I'm going to rewire it so I can plug it into itself so it can generate its own power. And then, yeah, just turn on that toaster. You're going to wait a long time for that bread, aren't you? But yet at the same time, some of us have tried to rewire ourselves, maybe even unknowingly, instead of being plugged into God, His Spirit as being the source of power, we have relied. Our confidence has been in ourselves because at the end of the day, if you say, my confidence is in my law keeping, that is your ability. It's how well you do today. But if you wire yourself up that way, you're not going to turn on. You're not going to be able to manifest any of what we have been talking about. You see, brothers and sisters, at the end of the day, the Father gave us His Spirit, and He wants us to rely on His Spirit. He says this, Paul goes on and he says this, Not that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything is coming from us, but our sufficiency is from God, who has made us sufficient to be ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit, for the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. Many people have been confused by this. He's simply saying, when he says the letter kills, he's talking in context of what we've been talking about. You rely on the letter, your own abilities to keep the Lord to save you. Yeah, you're going to die. You need a Messiah. In John 5, 39, Yeshua says himself, You search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. And it is they that do bear witness of me. They point to him. All the law, Torah and prophets point to him. But yet you refuse to come to me, that I may give you life. You see the difference? James 1.25 But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer but who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. Amen, right? When you keep the law... You will be blessed. But is it the law in of itself that is the thing that blesses you? No, it is the Father who sees your observance, how you try, and you're not perfect. But He has mercy, and in His mercy, He blesses you. And He is the one who sets you free, gives you everything you need. Peter one day was walking through a village, and he got pulled aside, and he was asked to come to a house. He was brought into this house. It was the house where a lady was. Her name was Tabitha. Reported to have good works and good charity. Probably a good Torah-keeping woman. But she was dead. As her body laid there, Peter chased everyone out of the room. He went to sit down by her body, and he prayed to the Lord. He said, Father, I can just imagine what went through his mind. You see, Peter, in that moment, he didn't depend on his, anything of himself because he knew there was nothing he could do. He knew, Lord, I can do nothing. You must do everything for anything to happen. And he prayed, 
and Tabitha, she awoke from her slumber. Peter would have never even tried if he didn't have belief, if he didn't trust God above what he was seeing. There are many, some of you who are just like Tabitha. You have good charity, good works, you love his law, but you're dead inside. You're inside, it's like you're in a slumber. And the Father is saying, I want to awake you from your slumber, but will you believe? You see, you, do you believe He is able, if He is able to raise the dead to life, is he, is, able, is he able to raise your sleeping soul awake again to life? Is He able to resurrect you? Again, are you willing to step out on the water and believe that? Look, I know that it's easier and more comfortable to hold on our, to our own abilities, what we can control at the end of the day, than to trust in God, His Spirit. That's something we can't control. That's scary. And I know you could tell me, well, Petey, you know, I've tried it all. I've tried everything the world has to offer. I've tried everything possible, but have you tried the impossible? Have you tried that which God says with men, these things are impossible with me. Nothing is impossible. Your issues are not impossible to wait for him, even if the best doctor or therapist said, I can't help you. God today is saying, if you're willing to believe me, like you say you do, I can set you free from that deepest, darkest sin that's on your heart right now. If you're willing. If you're willing, they will have faith. If you're not, there will be more bondage. If you will trust in your own abilities, there will be more bondage. If you think that it's dependent on how well you kept the Sabbath today, there will be more bondage because you will never do it good enough to bring your own freedom if you think you can wire yourself up to yourself. You need Him. You're awful quiet. Can I get an amen? Amen. Father, I just pray that you would just come into this place and do something right now. We need you, Holy Spirit. I really need you right now, Lord. Like Peter, with Peter, Lord, I can do nothing. You must do everything. You see, brothers and sisters, at the end of the day, it's not just, I don't want you to go away here. You see, uh, what I want you to go away with is freedom. But I don't want you to go away with just freedom. I want you to go away becoming freedom. Because that's what Yeshua called us to at the end of the day. You see, for some of us, it's been that we come to this understanding that we are a, you want to call it a Hebrew, an Israelite, or whatever, you know, you've become part of this covenant grafted in. But sometimes along the way, what gets lost and forgotten is the fact that we're also sons of the living God. It's kind of like Victor said earlier. There's all these denominational labelings, right? Hebrew roots, Messianic, Catholic, Lutheran, Seventh Adventist. Okay, it's so, such a long list. I think it's 33,000 plus right now, right? And at the end of the day, you could easily label yourself as one of those, and that's fine. I'm not against any of that per se. But are you a disciple above all else first? Is that who you are? Is that your identity? Because see, one day I remember I was stood in a fellowship and they told me, 
And there was a lady and she told me, well, we're not disciples. Because, you know, she was a Hebrew rude person, a believer, right? I'm not a disciple, I'm, I'm in Hebrew roots. That's who I am. That's my identity. Because see, somehow becoming a follower is one thing and a disciple is another. You see, there were many followers of Yeshua, but they didn't last. Some of them did, some of them not, didn't. Some of them went to a mountain, listened to him, and then he said something a little too crazy, and then they departed because it was just, they couldn't take it. His disciples, those closest to him, sticked with him through it all and they imitated him. You see, it's easy to say, I am this or that label, Hebrew or Messianic or Catholic or whatever, because it puts me within the bounds of my denomination and it doesn't put on me any responsibility of imitation of my Messiah. But a disciple is one who imitates his rabbi in every way and that means that you're going to do what his disciples did. And you can't say, well, you know, that was his disciples. That's what they did. God has called you. He is, he is awakening your soul, not only to the truth of his Torah and the preciousness of that, but to the truth and the reality of the power of his spirit to enable you to go out into the world and become the same light that Moses was, because it was by the power of the spirit, like we mentioned, that he brought people out of their slavery by the power of God.